Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. A very warm welcome to the show, Gregory. It's great to have you back. Thank you so, my dear friend Ian, with love and light to you and everyone, of course. Thank you. You're most welcome. Um, since we we last spoke, actually, we did. Um, I've, I've been working on building YouTube videos to try and get the message out uh, to a wider audience on other, I guess, important points um, that you raised in other shows. Um, and one particular point that I did a video for was for the Avatar. Um, Basically, I went to see the film. A lot of people have seen it. It's got a yeah. wonderful message in there um, about the plight of indigenous peoples on another planet um, where very greedy corporates um, being played by the Americans in this um, are trying to take um, their land away from them to mine for minerals, basically. And um, so anyway, I it kind of hit me like a, a freight train, really, thinking, Christ, we covered something very similar to this um, l- last year about the plight of the Peruvians um, and the exact same story is literally happening there and um, and I, th- I think what would be really good is perhaps maybe we could expand on that so we could pro- provide a, a part two really I think to that video yes I understand I would be happy to my dear friend yes please yes please fire away yes so in many respects dear friend part of what we have to understand what happens when large mining corporations come to such a place. They're not going to regard anything that's living there as being sacred or in fact anything to do with what they have to worry about. All they are concerned about is purely and simply the mining operation. And this also encompasses part of their truth theorem, if you like, that what people would rather do for them, uh, for their own situation, is that they would like to get these uh, various different minerals out as cheaply as possible. So that means to say that one of the greatest catastrophes of such an operation is really the amount of arsenic, the amount of cyanide, the amount of lead and mercury that is released from these mining operations which is otherwise locked within uh, the whole uh, situation of such a beautiful place. Bearing in mind, of course, that the Amazon rainforest itself and the whole of the uh, upper Andes part of it has been in existence for uh, hundreds of thousands of years. So we can see then that all of this is a part of the uh, gambit, if you'd like, of how companies will gamble to do with whatever they will so that obviously within this one condition we can also then move quite happily in a sense to other respects of other parts of the Amazon rainforest itself because in many respects this is a place which has been under such great uh, uh, tumult, uh, great turmoil in uh, many respects of the uh, thousands of hectares of, of beautiful trees which have in fact been uh, just completely destroyed purely and simply of course re- releasing great amounts of carbon into the atmosphere by their no longer being in, in existence and also for a great deficit of this is simply put that if you actually create even a passageway into Uh, a place like the Amazon rainforest, very few people understand that what will actually happen is that the creatures each side of the passageway will not actually cross over it. Quite simply because they need to have the canopy up above them in order to feel safe. If so, for example, then if you have uh, the Brazilian government Uh, moving a road right through the center of the Amazon rainforest, you are essentially cutting the forest in half. And all of the creatures on the north side of the uh, roadway, if you like, will not cross to the 
south side of the roadway, simply purely because they cannot tolerate direct sunlight. One might think, well, why don't they then just simply move across in the dark? But they may not be uh, actually to able to tolerate the dark. It may well be that they are just simple creatures, possibly caterpillars, bugs that crawl in the grass. They may be different kinds of creatures which actually cannot tolerate simply uh, any kind of destruction of that movement and pathway. Therefore, you are actually denigrating that whole species and that particular current uh, form of family life to be completely disrupted. So this is just one part of the segment that we can see. We can quite easily turn from this into another section of the world, and that would be China. Because at this present time, you have China, which is actually uh, amassing all of the coal that Australia can produce at this present time. Every single ton of it is taken to China, purely and simply so that their whole infrastructure and the whole situation of economics can be galvanized to its greatest opportunity. You have already seen the demise of the river dolphin. And quite simply, the whole situation around that simply was the corrosion of the water itself. The uh, great amount of nitrogen, mercury and lead that was set into that uh, whole water uh, in even a place like the Yangtze River, which is an enormous river. And it has become so polluted that even people are unable anymore to fish from it. So uh, this whole situation you can see is an exact same replicant, if you like. You might see the Amazon rainforest and look at the Yangtze River and see how the Amazon rainforest can become. And that, in fact, was just in a very short time. It's been a relatively uh, just a few decades in China for the Yangtze River to become completely polluted and overrun by the industrial wastes. And that is exactly the same situation that you have potentially in the making for the Amazon rainforest because of their mineral content, which is so high, uh, simply because it's an untouched terrain. All of the glacial uh, situations that had previously been withheld within the Andes Mountains and also, of course, all of the other mineral states purely and simply because of the volcanic activity that had previously been in existence, which created the Andes Mountains in the first place due to the tectonic plate shift. This is quite simply a part of the pathway where there will be many diamonds, there will be much gold, much uranium, um, various different other precious and semi-precious metals and stones and gems and all of this, which will then ultimately become an intolerable environment for all other beings. Sure. Basically, the film's got a great message. Um, James Cameron must have realised the message that he was trying to get out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously what an amazing medium it is to create a fantastic movie, get the message out there. But I guess now it's trying to wake people up to the fact that, hey, this is not happening somewhere else in another planet. This is happening here. Um, so, yeah. I mean, basically we're up against the international oil, oil industry, aren't we, that are just going and doing this stuff? I and mean, what's the likelihood they're going to stop unless people really start to uh, protest or write to people or, you know, do what they can, really? Yes, but my point, really, my dear friend, is that, you see, at this present time, human beings are very reluctant to stick their neck out upon the parapet, purely and simply, because they are afraid, because they have not found their voice. Our situation here is that in many respects there are great and beautiful circumstances which may be created. The power of the human mind as well as communication may bring complete relief, complete turnaround to such 
impending and possible disasters for the planet. And I have to say, dear friends, that, for example, with for many companies once identified, they would actually find that perhaps their um, their support that they have had, that they have created within that company, will gradually erode if human beings, the people who buy their products and their um, purchase their the situations, the minerals and whatnot that they actually create, if they create a really bad image for and a really bad conscious state for their activities, you are looking then at a different way of human beings to sway through communication the whole prospect of how this may then embark upon a completely different footing. So human beings on your side of life must not be afraid to speak out. Yeah, there's, there's some good campaigns. Um, there's a website called Avaz, and they regularly um, have, have hundreds of thousands of people do sign pet- petitions putting weight on um, consumer companies that have, obviously, um, they're dealing with the bigger kind of... Uh, conglomerates if you like who are doing this and then it's put like you say it's put pressure on them to to not use those sources yes quite so and i understand too my dear friend that there are even banks uh, now uh, which will not invest in specific companies which are not uh, environmentally safe yeah okay and that really is the way to for for the whole situation to be revealed, I understand, um, is the way forward. Yes, yeah, it, it, it makes sense because it's like, um, uh, you know, companies need to make a profit to survive. Um, if people threaten to buy their goods, then they're voting with their with their money, aren't they, and their feet. So they're forced yes. to kind of uh, go somewhere else. Yes, quite so. Absolutely, they are, or they're forced to change their ideas. Yeah. Okay. So, sort of moving back to the the plot of the movie, um, obviously there's kind of um, a war, if you like. It's not really a war. It's more like the indigenous people um, trying to protect their land, their their ancestral home, their sacred sacred ground. Um, yes. And this is obviously what's been pl- playing out for the Peruvian people, and probably many other indigenous peoples around the world as well. Probably as we speak right now. Yes, absolutely so. It's part of also what I was trying to say about other indigenous peoples actually to do with the Amazon rainforest. It's not just the Peruvian peoples, it's to do with all peoples within that region. So in many respects that they are all in some ways uh, um, having difficulty. Uh, For example, I understand some of the tribes of the interior are actually having great trouble because they're catching diseases from the uh, from the uh, various company people who are felling trees in their beautiful forest uh, and are actually uh, catching diseases from them, which they have no immune system to fight. Sure. I mean, just sort of going off onto a slightly different topic as well, um, and that is the whole sort of Mother Earth thing, you know, with the uh, the native people, they're, they're in harmony with nature, and the film portrays this beautiful connection they've got with their own kind of Mother Earth, and how they they kind of look at nature for signs, and, and they and they honour, so if they, if they kill an animal, it's because they need to eat, and then they show appreciation for it. Yes. Do you see what I mean? And Absolutely so, in exactly the same way that many native tribes have done for hundreds of thousands of years. It's why humanity has managed to survive that long, not because they raped and pillaged the, the, the environment, but actually because they looked after it. If you look at the Anastasi people, you would see that part of the reason why they lost their whole foothold in the situation was actually primarily because what happened was that they felled every single tree, created a desert, and then lost their environment. It's very silly. Yes, it is. But it, it, uh, and uh, my point really, dear friend, is they did it in a very short space of time. Once they had actually found the, 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 uh, the certain place that they wanted to live in, they, they um, excavated their cave dwellings and all of that, 
and uh, the whole situation was done very well, but then they just stayed put. And the whole point was that uh, the, the tribes that actually used to flourish the best were those ones who actually moved in a rotary system, the Blackfoot, and uh, many of the Sioux tribes of the north actually uh, had the best plan of, of all, of the whole situation, because they moved from one place to another. They had an enormous area from Saskatchewan uh, all the way across to uh, Montana and uh, um, various other states as well, uh, that they continued in a very large egg-shaped uh, 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 contour that they simply moved from one situation to another and planted even their own crops at the same time as they moved from one place to another so that they would always know that they had other food that they would have to greet them on their return journey. Sure. Okay, I mean, there's some very confusing messages in the in the spiritual community. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have got um, a good heart. They're they're humanitarians. They want to they want to see the world in a better place for their children, for themselves, um, and they do like kind of spiritual activism without even realising that they're kind of spiritual. Um, but there does seem to be a trap when you go down the rabbit hole of spirituality, where you you kind of come across teachings that almost say to you. You don't need to do anything. The Earth's going to fix itself all by itself. You know, we're we're nothing compared to the, to Mother Earth. Um, you know, she'll fix it, whether we're here or not, kind of thing. And we just need to sit back and do nothing and just think nice thoughts. Well, uh, my point, really, my dear friend, would actually be that humans created. It is uh, all very well, perhaps, to say, "Oh, well, the Earth will simply fix itself if the human beings weren't there." Yes, of course it would if the human beings weren't there. But the problem is that human beings are there and are on your planet Earth in great abundance. That means to say that it is at this present time set to be that the population, I understand, rises by another two billion in a very short space of time. That means to say it's actually a figure that the Earth cannot support mm. at its current rate that human beings are actually eating their way and consuming the various minerals and all of the life forms that the earth has to offer. So in essence, I have to say there are those people devoutly spiritual who will actually decide that it is better to do nothing than to do something for whatever reason they consider to be uh, their perfect throne. I uh, cannot think of any reason why that should be. M our whole uh, situation here within the spirit group is purely because of the fact that we were formed because human beings decided to ignore their own history. We could see quite clearly for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that human beings have been in this, in a sense, inner cycle, as though human state of mind appears to conveniently forget from every third generation onward that of the history that was created in the past. So it's as though within every third generation all of the rest of the history of that time was completely uh, struck out as though it no longer had any reference to the life. And if you look into any situation from any time of human history, you will see that it only took a very short space of time for human beings to then create the same situation, cycle of mistakes that they had made in three generations previous. Mm. So we have to say that in many respects, or, or in really almost every respect, human beings have to be counted. You cannot have a place where a person is run down by uh, a mad being and no one says anything that is wrong. 
and no one absolutely would agree that uh, a person cannot walk in along a lane or a country road or anywhere else and not uh, feel as though they can be at peace, but simply that at any turn their life can be taken, simply because the fractures of the current civilization do not allow for that person to be, uh, for their um, attention of mind to be seen, for their uh, fractured state to be understood, for their horrors that they would wish to unleash upon others, that that would simply be ignored so that they can continue within their will? Is that what people in the physical human life now would really truly like to have? I cannot feel one whit of it. I cannot understand how beings in any form of life could wish that upon someone else. It's like saying as though any situation given is purely and simply agreed by their soul, by their spirit. Oh yes, I will be killed at this point at time. I will be run over by a bus. I will be run over by a coach and four horses. Thank you very much. That's what happened to me. I didn't know that that was going to happen on any level. And certainly it was not ever an agreement of my spirit that I should be run over by a coach and four horses. It purely simply happened in exactly the same way as the children, the ten children of the Amish people who were slain by the man who actually was completely deranged and needed help. That was not something that they had ever agreed to on any level of soul or any level of their spirit. Sure. I'll just bring up something now that I don't know whether this is actually an analogy that someone's um, posted on the internet or it's actually from a time traveller. I mean, obviously, um, I'm not ruling out time travel because anything's possible, I guess, but there was a, um, a guy back in 2000 um, with the name of John Titer, I believe, or Titor, um, who claimed to be a time traveller from the year 2036. And anyway, the message that he, he relayed, he just said that um, he came back to warn humanity about the mistakes that we're making by not actually waking up and doing something about our planet and about yeah. the, and letting all the kind of runaway systems of greed go unchecked. And he just said, back in 2036, people look back on us in this decade as lazy just yes. terrible people who just could not be bothered to look after the planet. Yes, absolutely. Human beings are custodians of the planet from one generation to another. The sooner that you all realize that, the quicker the planet will wake up. You are, have to look at it this way. The planet itself is at the hour of 10 minutes past 11. You have until 12 o'clock to understand exactly what needs to be done and do it. And that time sequence has actually been unleashed in the, within the last 150 years. So if you look at it as, a, as the geophysical clock of the planet itself, it's almost like a micro millisecond of time in respect of the planet's surface and of the planet as a living being in, in itself. So that means to say then, within the humanity's husbandry of it, it is actually a very short window for humanity to actually do something of activity to correct the mistakes. So I would agree with your premise and that of your friend tra time traveller uh, to the in respect of this whole sequence of events. Mm. All right, thank you for that. So we, we'll move on to something different now. Obviously, we've had um, again to do with the planet Earth, and this week we've had very tragic events in in Haiti to do with the um, earthquake there. Many people lost their lives, and you know I, I can see that being a humanitarian tragedy goes on for a very long time you know 
Yes. I mean, have you got anything to sort of to say on that? I mean, I just it's blowing me away. I've got I've got to say, you know, watching. I don't think I've ever seen anything. I mean, I, I thought the tsunami was bad, but this is it's terrible. Yes, I completely concur with that, my dear friend. It is a total tragedy. I would have to say that all every single life lost is not at the doesn't mean to say that it's all at the behest of human beings or that uh, someone or all of them are at fault or that it some curse upon them or anything like that it is uh, a situation that you have to understand when living in a physical life when spirit have a physical existence they are at risk to the events which are created by the living system upon which they are realizing their journey and center of purpose, hopefully, within their lifetime experience. That does not mean to say this is something which was sequestered by the planet itself. What human beings have to understand with spirituality or not, the earth itself is a physical biological system which actually through the tectonic plate uh, system of its makeup simply means that uh, various things happen and most of the natural disasters which happen upon the planet are really to do with this system of plate technology and how the planet itself works and realigns itself has nothing to do with whether there are human physical beings or animals or insects or anything else alive upon its surface. It is not a situation which then is for retribution of one thing or another, not there to teach anyone anything. The situation of how human beings may then bring about a, an, an understanding or a kindred spiritist view of what has taken place then oftentimes will garland certain kinds of energies about their own inflexible nature or sometimes about their own inability to cope with such tragedies and problems which then create lessons upon lessons of learning for that uh, whole community or for that whole scenario of beings to learn from. And that doesn't mean to say it's a lesson by God in order to bring this about. That would be a, an absolute travesty and a complete under, lack of understanding of what the energy of the creation of all life actually is. You could then say, oh, well, is it then another uh, act of, of, of uh, the divine purpose, if you like, uh, that the planet itself be uh, crushed by some uh, uh, conflict of two other stars colliding or something like that. What exactly would be the purpose of it uh, supposedly to teach that community a lesson? or to teach that community something of the divine purpose of the will of souls to then perhaps gather themselves and learn some great tragedy uh, like as though you were watching some uh, marvelous play by Dickens or um, anyone else. I, I would have to say, dear friend, that these kinds of reflections can then oftentimes leave many human beings feeling very isolated and very cut off from their own spirituality, purely and simply because they're made to focus on something that actually has nothing whatsoever to do with the tragedy concerned. What we have to say is that in all respects, we give all of our love to all of those who passed in this great tragic circumstance, which was not created by human beings, was not sanctioned by them, was not sanctioned by their spirit either. But in fact, in point of fact, maybe if there are lessons to learn from humanity, it would be how do we rescue people in dire consequence? You cannot rescue them all, but perhaps the time state that you recognize 
where you are preconditioning your quality of caste of how you think upon one tribe or another or their behavior or activity. One could say that that, in point of fact, may be one of the lessons to learn from this experience, that human beings must stop prejudging a, another tribal community, another condition. And instead of looking always to history when it's convenient, oh, well, I will not go into there because they're a den of thieves, actually do something that's real. If they need provisions, then set it in, drop it out of a plane, do anything. If you don't want to set foot on the ground, then simply give it to them in some other way. Give them the food, the water, the, the shelters, whatever they need. If you cannot actually give it to them, you're too afraid of them to give it to them with your hands, then throw it out of one of the vehicles that you have that enables it to happen. Don't just sit there and watch and wait for something else to tell you or someone else to tell you, oh, well, it's all very well. Yes, it's safe now uh, because 200,000 people have died. So that's all right. The dust has settled and we can simply pick our way into the place. It would be much of a worry to us on our side of life if no one learnt any lessons from this experience. And our hearts and our love go undeniably and, and empathically to all of those who have passed to our side of life as the consequence directly of this. Sure. I mean, it seems, I mean, we spoke about this before, but there does seem to be an ongoing trend with um, ch changing uh, tectonic plates, doesn't there? Yes. There's an increase in, in earthquakes. Um, yes. And this is, a, well, I mean, this is particularly an unlucky scenario, isn't it? Because Haiti is not that big, and to strike right in the heart of that country is... Yes. I, I completely agree with you, my dear Fred. My point, however, is that at this present time, you see, you actually have uh, a, these, the problems are within the land masses that exist. Uh, for example, at this present time, there is still great pressure building up uh, and has not really been released yet within the Pacific uh, Northern Plate. Uh, that has a great deal of pressure upon it, particularly in the northeastern part of the plate itself. That is on the country that borders it would be uh, really to do with uh, Alberta, to do with Alaska, uh, the, country, the states of um, Oregon, California and uh, that kind of situation uh, because it's been released at the other end of it. Uh, really to do with the uh, Philippines and all of uh, that part, the archipelago of um, Australia, uh, all of that has in a sense been released, although there's still some intrusion there, I understand, and still some further uh, uh, situations of release that are going to be carried out. But I understand now it's as though the energy is switching the other way. I understand also that the, there was a great release from the Japanese uh, situation just a little while ago. So that, that now has meant that there's even a bigger, a larger buildup on the north uh, western coast of North America. Uh, also, of course, with this current situation of uh, Haiti, that uh, there is now uh, further pressure uh, around other parts of the of that particular Gulf uh, Rim, really, to do with the south of of the rim itself, of uh, uh, Nicaragua and uh, uh, other parts as well, uh, to do with the uh, north of Brazil and uh, this kind of situation, that event, which can only, in a sense, uh, transpire, I understand, then further out into the uh, West African coast as well. Mm. You will see other situations which happen from time to time. Tectonic plate shifts are simply uh, the earth settling back from pressures building once of, in a sense, releases within the ocean floor. Um, much of the uh, whole status of it really is simply because of the way that the planet was originally formed. Mm.
So what's caused the build-up um, recently? Because it seems to be increasing and more, uh, more frequent. There will be cycles and periods of this, my dear friend, actually over um, either 700-year cycles or something similar to that. It depends upon the place. Each place has a certain cycle of its own. Uh, each tectonic plate has a specific cycle, depending, of course, on whether the obstructions facing it in its movement are going to be inherent uh, of a problem or not. It's also amplified by various other conditions to do with climatic control. This is a part really where humanity has yet to really fully understand or discover that climatic control actually plays a very large part in tectonic plate movement. It's not at the behest of tectonic plate movement as many people think. So, in actual fact, you have various conditions where this change in salinity of the oceans will actually cause different frequencies of undercurrent which then happen and change themselves. So, you will see different climatic controls coming away from this as well. Nothing, of course, of the type and form that it was uh, millions of years ago when various volcanoes which had uh, erupted and mountain ranges which were created from it uh, simply blacked out the Earth for uh, thousands of years. What about the Earth's core? Is there been any dramatic changes in the Earth's core? I have not seen that to be the case. It is still the same molten state that it was uh, millions and millions of years ago. Because doesn't it spin as well? I, I understand that it does. It, it does various different things purely and simply because uh, not just because of its heat but actually because of the magnetism and also because of the uh, whole situation that surrounds it. Sure. What about the, the magnetic field of the Earth? Is, is that changing? Changes a great deal. Yeah, because something I want to get in now is sort of talking about the Earth's um, energy system of ley lines and also how it affects us because we've got our own energy system with the chakras. So I'd just yes, like to sort of delve into that a little uh, bit, really. Yes, yes, of course, my dear friend. Well, to begin with, to say that within the Earth system, uh, what you have in many respects is that uh, as the Earth wobbles, because it wobbles uh, a great deal uh, within its own axis, and also within the whole situation of magnetism and the attraction of uh, polarity, if you like, to do with the Earth, you can see quite clearly that there are various frequency changes that happen. And it's almost as though you would be able to see, if you like, uh, you could even do this as a, a not as a trick, but as an actual study, if you will, uh, by simply taking a, a simple set of divining rods or something like that and going out into a place where you know there is an existing ley line and uh, understand how it actually changes its position. Ley lines do not stay static. It's quite a, a, a misconception for many people. Uh, in actual fact, if you really look from a bird's point of view or from a whale's point of view, you would see that ley lines actually contort all the time. They, they, they wave, they fluctuate, and they, uh, sometimes the fluctuations can be uh, at so many beats per second. It, it could be as fast as that. So that if you were looking at it, let me see. Yes, if you were looking at it then on a spectrograph or something like that, or uh, a waveform, you would see that the, the, uh, a ley line actually has a waveform within it. So it fluctuates in pulse as well. That means the energy that's transferred from point A to point B, and also that it is uh, actually fluctuating in, in actually where it is placed, unless the ley line itself is contorted by uh, something like an underground stream or something like that, the ley line may actually just simply follow the fissures that are already created been upon the Earth. Uh, in a similar way, I suppose you could then say that within the human state, naturally, of course, many people are able to uh, divine certain situations, notions about their energy to do with how their own inner ley lines, their own energy uh, frequencies and their own uh, the place of where the 
particular uh, lines may be drawn, that they actually move north or south or east or west, depending upon uh, the triangulation of where that person happens to be at the present time. It's part of the reason why you feel happy in one environment and not in another. And it doesn't matter necessarily whether it's got trees or whether it has a beautiful vista to look at. It may simply be you reacting to the ley line tectonic uh, situation that is happening underneath your feet. And simply, of course, this is then amplified by either the presence of water, harmful gases or other situations. Minerals, for example, can oftentimes give off different harmonic vibrations, which are really not attuned to uh, specific gases, but actually simply to the vibration and energy of electrostatic forces, as well as uh, different forms of inherent quality from uh, the Earth's crust and also from the energies within it. So, so when you say they move, do they move drastically? Because I get the impression, I've seen pictures where they look like it's kind of some geometric um, grid going around the Earth, almost like a icosahedron or something like that. Is well, it? that's uh, the, the sort of impression, but actually it's not so rigid as that. I'm suggesting here that actually it's far more fluid than people uh, at this present time. It's rather stuck in the mud, this kind of situation, uh, rather gambit of, of uh, well, I'll just place a, a, a forced grid upon it, almost as though uh, a geometrical shape is going to simply satisfy the whole situation. It, it simply won't, because it will be governed by various forces uh, that ley lines don't necessarily uh, move obliquely through different uh, structures regardless of what it's made up of. Mm. I'm suggesting here that in exactly the same way that water will always find its own limit and its own way, its own direction, it's simply a part of the pressure of the earth not to, in a sense, uh, uh, dictate frequency, but rather that it just does it as a natural system part of the natural system of, of environment. Uh, many of the uh, conditions of this whole situation are reflected by what actually happens upon the earth, as well as, so for example, different, uh, different mining conditions, different situations, for example, in uh, uh, there is one particular mountain, I understand, in the eastern part of the country of India, which is shortly going to be completely taken away. What's the bet? Uh, no, no. Himalayas, sorry, Himalayas? Yes, it's south of the Himalayas, I understand. I forget at this present time exactly what its name is, and there's no one here to actually give me the name of the mountain itself, but I understand that it's made uh, completely of a very valuable mineral, uh, which goes to make, um, I understand it, it's something integral to do with uh, the making of uh, a certain kind of building material. Uh, and, and quite simply, it has just simply, unfortunately, the people uh, who live in that particular place treat it, it has adorned it as their god, mm. age but true. Uh, and I understand that the whole condition of it is that it's been sold to a company for them to just break it up and take it away and to be used elsewhere upon the planet. So that's going to change the overall kind of um, harmonics or the... Well, most certainly so, yes. Uh, that's my point, really. Uh, you can dig a very large hole in the, in the ground, and if you actually move to it, you would find that if you were a bird, for example, you would see that the, the ley line to do with, if there were a ley line that passed, say, for example, uh, across an open-cast mine, you would actually find that the ley line changed after the mind began working. And that's my point, really. In exactly the same way that if you, uh, uh, as a human being, had an implant, shall we say, from another human being of a heart or a pair of lungs or some other body part, you would actually find that part of the conditioning that you as a physical being would respond to and as a biological concept you would actually respond not just to that person's memory, but also to the energy that person had been moving through in their time of life as a kind of transference of energy. 
I understand uh, uh, that for some people, they can actually uh, understand a great deal about their own temperate energy, particularly to do with uh, their pulse rate or uh, perhaps something to do with their whole energy and understanding of their biological function and being completely in touch with it. That that's not necessarily a situation which is relayed by the uh, by their energy resources, but simply because uh, mind and thought as being a living thing and also in within each every second uh, cell simply means that the whole biosphere of the energy of the being yourself actually relates to exactly what's going on within your body physical system. It's part of the reason why uh, a person for example, if they are very old and decide that they want to leave the planet, can actually do so. They just have to learn that that is something that they can do. Yeah, because I've read a story about um, some of the monks up in the in the Himalayas in Tibet, and when they decide to go, they actually raise their body vibration and they they turn to light and dissolve. Is sounds crazy, but is that true? Can, can they do that? Well, I understand, my dear friend, it is physically possible to do that. Yeah. Understand also that from another point of view, it is exactly possible for uh, a human being, if they decide that they no longer wish to have physical life, that they can simply stop. So who created the, the ley lines? Is it, is it basically part of the earth in the same way that the uh, chakra system is part of a human being? Is it... In a sense, yes, my dear friend, the, the earth, when it was gradually, when it was formed, it was simply a, a part of the fissure system that began within the earth. Don't forget, friend, that at the, in the first days or the first millions of years, that the earth itself was just a molten mass of uh, chemicals and different structures and that, that this whole situation was uh, almost as though it was just cooking itself. Um, so there was no life at that point, uh, and not for a very long time. But what was actually happening was that it, as an organism, was creating itself, if you like. It was beginning to set the various, uh, from the various situations of uh, its own attraction, of its own uh, energy frequencies, it began to set the various energy paths, uh, which then altered drastically, and did so uh, a numerous amounts of times before it became actually settled. Within, however, biospheric organisms like, such as human beings or any other animal, you will see that uh, the, the, the actual uh, avenues of energy, for example, in a human being, will be very similar to many other animals. So, in a sense, you could say it's a biophysical uh, activity. It's a part of the natural body system. Because mm. humans seem to have um, taken advantage of, the f of these flows of energy, haven't they? They've built, looking at most of our religious institutions, um, cathedrals are, are kind of built yeah. on top of the node points, aren't they? Or where, they, where the ley lines converge? Yes, that's quite true. Uh, that's usually actually uh, really to do with systems of ley line which have been there for a very long time. My point really is in essence that uh, where those, where such places are created are not created because of lack of knowledge, they're created because they understand of the energy uh, coming from different points. My point however is that the ley line then between those points may move and fluctuate. It's a bit like if you had a taut rubber band and you pulled it from one side to another, you would see its vibration moving. And so the fluctuation will be really not, however, in the same as a, a rubber band, the, the same as intention. It would be that it changes depending upon the ground, the type of ground, the situation that it is moving through at the time. So you would not point a direct straight line across the planet to define where a ley line is. Mm. So basically, you can use the, the flows of energy there to get into a higher state of consciousness, can't you? This, I mean, 
people seem to be more creative when they're around those kind of energies. Yes, absolutely so. I, I completely agree. And also at a time then when human beings are much closer to the creation of is. That means to say, in many respects, that kind of energy allows and, and uh, brings to human beings, physical beings, as well as birds and animals and everything else, that it brings to all physical beings uh, a sense of uh, being, a sense of at one state, a, a sense of completion when they are aligned in that place. Because also, of course, such a, a situation brings about a, a contusion as well with the physical being. And that's simply what it does. It creates that kind of vibration of harmony that human beings crave and that animals crave as well. Um, I have to say that dolphins do a very similar situation and so too do whales. Mm. Can you tell us about um, the negative ley lines? Yes, Fend. Uh, situations where, for example, how they can exist may well be to do with uh, watercourses that are no longer served or no longer in use. Human beings often find these can bring great distress, not necessarily knowingly, uh, perhaps when they are uh, underneath their houses or something like that. Uh, we, in fact, have uh, identified uh, specific sources of this, uh, particularly if you have a dwelling where the rock, on uh, the underlying rock, is fairly close to the surface. You may well find the fissures in the rock uh, variously because of the different dwellings that have been built simply mean that the watercourses have changed because of the different uh, obstructions that are created for it. Remembering, of course, that water takes the, the least path of least resistance. This actually means then that these watercourses can oftentimes be then filled, become filled with electromagnetic or static force. This can, believe it or not, create great discharges within certain people or for certain dwellings, particularly if they're sited in, unfortunately, the wrong place. So you may have a situation where if one should exist underneath your dwelling, you would not want to site your bed over it or something like that. Uh, we actually had a case once where we uh, uh, conducted a survey, a geophysical survey ourselves of this person's dwelling because she was actually suffering from mass headaches and also uh, various kinds of migraine and, and uh, situations. And I understand uh, uh, her children also uh, suffered greatly from this whole condition. And it was understood by us that the condition was created by a geophysical mass which had moved uh, simply because of the different buildings, and that they have become a lay, a, a, an, an actual underground watercourse, which then was full of electrostatic force. And unfortunately, uh, her bed was actually directly on, over the top of its path. Uh, we simply instructed her to move her bed, change its direction uh, for the other way, and all of the headaches and all of the symptoms from it stop. Okay, so basically, did you did you move the bed so that she was not facing it, or did you just out of the actual line of fire, if you like? Out of the actual line of fire. Yeah. You understand, Fred, in this kind of condition, that it can be just uh, uh, perhaps 8 to 12 inches wide that the vibration is set. And so what we actually did with her was that we simply asked her to turn the bed round. Uh, by um, 90 degrees. Sure, yeah, I've, I've heard of this actually as well. I've heard of um, yeah. other scenarios with vortexes as well, where you can have a vortex going is it anti-clockwise can cause a similar issue. It can do, however with vortex they're not usually that stable, I have to say. They're usually temporal, mm. so means to say that they're there for a certain reason, a certain state of time, and then you'll find that actually oftentimes when a storm passes, the vortex will simply disappear, usually because of changes in aquifer 
temperature or aquifer pressure under the ground, which then has a different bearing upon the electrostatic force that created it in the first place. Mm. So is a vortex like a, a, a funnel between different dimensions, like a, a gateway almost? Well, it may be. It depends upon how it's constructed or why it is actually present. Yeah. It depends entirely. For yeah. example, within our situation here, we actually use a, a funnel uh, vortex in order to, uh, but actually which we then developed into a cylinder uh, rather than a, a funnel shape. Uh, but it was a funnel to begin with when we first began it. But, and this was in, to enable the transition of our friend here and to enable uh, the whole situation to evolve. That's part of the reason why we always have to have Little Bird here in order to uh, bring about the whole situation because of her uh, mediumistic ability that enables the vortex to function. And that's a situation which passes from the spirit world through to the physical side of life. Is the funnel a similar thing to the tunnel that people might see when they move out of their body in a near-death experience? And is that, is it, it's basically, is that their spirit moving through that tunnel, leaving one dimension and moving into another? Um, I would not say it's not their spirit moving into that dimension, dear friend, because your spirit is always, it's never in the physical yeah. state. Is it your focus then, your, your attention? Yes, quite so. Absolutely correct, my dear friend. It's your focus and attention. That means it's your consciousness twinned with your spirit that enables. It's like as though your spirit identifies it for you and as well, of course, your, your, most probably your doorkeeper as well to make sure that you are adhered to it, that you can see it as a direction focus uh, so that it may well be to take you out of harm's way or some such thing as that. Because mm. whenever you go into an out-of-body experience, you always get like a, a whooshing sound in your, in your ears. Yes, that's quite true. But, uh, and, and although, however, this would not be for a specific time and doesn't necessarily have to happen every time, friend. Sometimes the situation uh, begins that way simply because that is to do with the atmospheric condition or the physical, biological condition of your uh, willingness to let go at the time. Yeah. So when we when we sleep as well, do we, does our gatekeeper, doorkeeper, keep us protected while we sleep? Yes, but that doesn't mean to say protected from everything, dear friend. Otherwise, you would say, wouldn't you, that all of the people of Haiti, well, what happened to all their doorkeepers then at that time? That's a good question, isn't it? I mean, but how? You know, we're not all. We're not can all hear. If if you were somebody that could hear spirit clearly, would that yeah. person been sort of fortunate enough to had have had a message? Do you reckon? Not necessarily, my dear friend. My my point really is that you cannot rely everything, leave everything to the matters of your doorkeeper or whatever. Situations happen in the physical side of life because you're in the physical side of life. It's not at the behest, as I said previously, of situations of the spirit world and absolutely doesn't necessarily mean to say that your doorkeeper will alert you to every living situation that happens to you in the physical side of life. As I say, I myself was run over by a coach and four horses. I didn't see it. They didn't see me. It was raining heavily. In fact, was one of the worst storms we had had for almost 100 years. Mm, yeah, so I guess the... Um there's a lot it's very busy at the moment with, with spirit helping those um leaving this sort but, of life but not just that my dear friend for all of those people who are mourning them mourning, uh, yeah. still left and people uh, still in the rubble i imagine still alive well yes not that many now friend yes okay well i mean thank you for uh, sort of digging deeper into the subjects of Peru um, and the earthquake scenario as well. Um, I've, I do hope that people come to listen to this show and get a bigger insight into what the message that we tried to relay in the video. Yes, I, 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 I thank you so very much, my dear friend, for all of us on behalf of the White Cloud Group. I thank you so very much for allowing us this time to percolate further ideas, to bring our sharing uh, community in many respects of the highest love 
that we are able and that we manifest uh, our conditions of love uh, sincerely to all of those on your side of life for their speedy uh, understanding and recovery and their knowledge and their wisdom to grow such as you friend thank you i thank you so i thank you so from the bottom and fingertips of every essence of my being <laughs> thank you very much of my hair my dear friend <laughs> okay well god bless you i thank you so god bless everyone sleep tight thank you so thank you if you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.